Brothers and sisters, it's time for Angel Repair Juice. Loneliness, finding back again, seems to be like it never ends. Give us hope through the love of peaceful shine. And welcome to another edition of Angel Repair Juice. My name is Henry Vogel. Yeah, it's Henry Vogel. My name is Matthew Pancake. Henry is... My name is Matthew Pancake, and that's Henry Volk. And the reason why you couldn't understand him just now is because he's busy eating. And I told him, you know, eating and podcasting doesn't always go together very well. What is it that you're eating, Henry? I have grilled asparagus topped with feta cheese with Greek seasoning and metwurst. Really? I yes. could have swore that you said something about a hot dog earlier. <laughs> or worse. Metwurst hot dog. Do what? Metwurst hot dog. It's all, it's all the same, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so you're listening to Angel Repair Juice. I don't even know how to take that. You're listening to Angel Repair Juice. It's the sh- it's the show that's the niche of all niches. The show about anime from a Lutheran perspective. And how is it that we say that? The niche is... Good. The niche is... Life. Yeah, and that's how it goes on Angel Repair Juice. Now, this week, uh, we decided to try and do something a little bit different. And Henry worked feverishly through the night in order to... Um, well, actually, he finally got around to watching a few anime this week, didn't you? Finally. Finally. So what was it? Actually, that you, so what? Actually, I watched them uh, this, well, yesterday and this morning. Yesterday and this morning? Yep. Yeah. How many of you got on tap this week? Hmm? I have three animes on tap. Okay. Well, see, I've got, I actually have more, but I've decided that, I've decided on three uh, you know, that could wind up being a bad thing because I have a couple of these. I wasn't exactly. In fact, I was surprised by one of them because it the artwork doesn't actually present itself as the what it, it seemed to be. But that's OK, because uh-huh. I've got one punch man up. I've got Lance and Lance and masks um, up and I've got the Anti-Magic Academy, the 35th Test Platoon, which is what it's called. That's the whole title. But we're just going to go by Anti-Magic Academy. So you've got what? I've got Attack on Titan Junior High, Young Blackjack, and Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, Iron Blooded Orphans. Okay, you're going to have to move over because we just lost quality on you. You sound uh, terrible yeah, now. Uh, how about now? You've got a specific spot wherever it is that you are where if you sit, it comes out perfect. And I just it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. You you're you're still using your phone for this, right? Yeah. Okay, how are you? How are you bringing the text up? Are you like talking into your phone and bringing it up on the text, or is it? No, I got I got the text up on my laptop. Oh, okay. Yeah, there. That's exactly the way you need to do it. In fact, one of these days, here's here's what we got to do. Let's do a commercial for Angel Repair Juice right this second. Angel okay. Repair Juice needs your help, everybody. We need you to send us money so that we can get Henry a decent internet connection. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Of course, it it doesn't help that he's in a location where, you know, it's 2015, and you would swear you 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 could swear that every place in the United States would have awesome internet by now. I mean, af- after all, that started way back in 1995. Remember, remember the internet 1995. So we're dealing with almost 20 years of actually exactly 20 years of internet, and there are still places in the United States where you can't watch. You can't stream decent anime because you don't have a decent internet connection. <laughs> I'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be okay. So here's what we're going to do. We've, we've got this idea for a segment instead of doing anime news, which is nothing wrong with doing an anime news role, but we figured that people are probably much more interested in anime than they are anime news. So we figured what we would do is we would take and do uh, – I don't know what what should we call these things? Angel repair juice recaps, uh, juicy caps, or juicy juice, spoilers, juice or boxes, juice, juice boxes, ju- juice reviews. I have no idea what to call it <laughs> because we have you know, what? I've got, I've got a question, Matthew. This is a great kind of existential, uh, exist, exist, How do you say that? Exist, existential. Existential. 
Say it again. Exist. Say exist. Exist. Potential. Potential. Existential. Ah, there we go. Uh, You just became a philosopher. (laughs) Learning the lingo is half the battle. (laughs) Well, it's not not that I don't know what it means. It's just that I didn't know how to say it. Well, I knew how to say it. It's just actually saying it. I digress. (laughs) So, so So what came first, the anime news or the anime? Because... You know, technically, you could have anime news before you have anime. Like, like the first guy who ever made the first anime. So at some point, he said, hey, I'm making this anime. Unless you had anime news. Then the anime came later. Or does the anime exist in his mind? I think it's, a, vi- I think it's a vicious circle. I think that's is what it, it is. Is anime I- like a... A platonic form? Is there a, a platonic form of every anime series ever made? And I, all we get is you know, I, the, the shadows of the of the real thing? I don't know. I think it has a lot more to do with Schrodinger's cat than it does any of that. Okay. I really do. I mean, the, the anime exists. It, it exists and doesn't exist simultaneously. That's that's how it works. Not in, It's not until you open the box that you find out if the anime is there or not. So what, what you're saying is I... This is basically my situation having the, the uh, slower speed internet. It exists, yet does not exist. Exists, yet does not exist, which is actually the case. There's an awful lot of people out there that still can't get, you know, because I tell people about it. I say Crunchyroll, that's a real site where you go there and you, you can watch anime and it's, and it's legit. It's not, you know, stolen stuff. Same thing with Funimation. Funimation's been around for a really long time. Anime, uh, the Anime Network's got that on there too. You can get it on Netflix now. You can get streaming. Um, it turns out that uh, Amazon's got tons of it. You know, in fact, they've got a lot of legacy stuff, a lot of older, a lot of older stuff on there. Oh, really? Um, yeah. There's another one. Do what? Viewster. Uh, Have you seen that? Ads for that? Viewster. Viewster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They've got some. That's right. And, but you know what? None of that does you does you any good if you don't have a decent internet connection. Okay. So, and there are large sections of the United States that are just like that. So we're going to try this thing. And what we did is, well, let's not even try to explain it. Why don't we just go right ahead and roll right into it? Attack on Titan Junior High rolls to life with a young Aaron Yeager and Mikasa Ackerman heading to their first day of junior high school finding that their school is right next door to a much larger school that's for Titans only. In Homeroom, nearly every character from the original show makes an appearance, introducing themselves as being from schools like Walmaria South Elementary or Walrose South District Regaco Elementary. Their Homeroom teacher announces that you have the misfortune of having me, Keith Sadies, as your teacher. But it's during the opening ceremony that it's revealed that the headmaster of the school none other than the colossal titan himself the ceremony is disrupted by titans exploding through the walls with one thing on their mind to eat human lunches <laughs> this episode is fast funny and loaded with both general attack on titan character jokes so it's not impossible to enjoy if you haven't seen the original show however it'll be a lot more funnier and indeed it is if you have seen the original Attack on Titans series. Anti-Magic Academy, the 35th Test Platoon. That's the title of the show. Began with a crazy sequence that introduced the main characters in the middle of fighting what turns out to be a witch. But this opening soon fades and it's revealed that the Anti-Magic Academy exists for the purpose of training squads to find and neutralize witches and any other magical threats. Otori Oka who was actually an Inquisitor at the beginning, uh, and she was charged with finding and capturing witches and other magic users, winds up disbarred after killing a witch. She's forced to transfer into the Anti-Magic Academy and join up with the 35th Test Platoon, also known as the Small Fry Platoon, as backup. A former classmate of hers and now captain of of the platoon, Takeru Kusanagi, is upset that Otori doesn't remember him since she moved up quickly in rank and moved into Inquisitor very early. That's a lot like what happens to students whenever they're advanced students. And when a mission to retrieve a dangerous magic book goes badly, Otori, I'm bad at these names, 
Otori dresses down the platoon right in front of Takeru. Otori returns hours later wounded and Takeru insists on going with her on the next part of her mission. They arrive at a, a warehouse owned by an obscure magic association called Valhalla only to find that it's being used for ritualistic murder of people, perhaps young children. When Otori realizes that she's too late to save the victims, she goes ballistic and starts trying to kill everyone in, that, in the warehouse and that was involved in the killings, but Takeru stops her, insisting that she's a member of the platoon now and she has to follow the rules. Otori wants revenge for a witch killing her family, and she intends to have it at all cost. The episode ends with the witch from the beginning of the episode taking a note of the name Takeru Kusanagi. Young Blackjack recounts the beloved Tezuka character, Blackjack's, adventures as a 22-year-old medical student in the 1960s. The 1960s are remembered as a time of rebellion and revolt, Japan being no exception. Due to a medical student's strike and protest, the local university hospital is severely understaffed. Running into the middle of, of a protest, attempting to find some sympathetic students willing to relieve the swamped medical staff, Okamoto Maiko recruits Azama Kuro, Blackjack, who agrees to assist her. After being hit and drugged by a train, a young boy is left in critical condition, having both an arm and a leg severed. The head physician wants to amputate, but Blackjack believes he can do better. Blackjack offers to reattach the boy's severed limbs to the price of $5 million. The boy's parents agree. Being a human patchwork himself, Blackjack, with the assistance, the assistance of Maiko and his friend Yabu, confidently proceeds with the surgery. However, he has only four hours to reattach the boy's limbs before they become unviable. Will Blackjack be able to reattach the boy's severed limbs in time? Will Blackjack be reprimanded for directly defying the head physician's orders? Filled with action and suspense, tune in to episode number one of Blackjack. Where's the doctor? Lance and Masks opens with Yotaru Hanabusa uh, being inducted into the Knights of the World. It's a 900-year-old international organization of knights tasked with defending those who are downtrodden and suffering. Yotaro is the son of the legendary knight Shin Hanabusa, who didn't bother to show up for his son's knighting ceremony. As a knight of the world, Yotaru, Yotaro, excuse me, wears a mask and costume and wields a rather oversized lance. When Yotaru himself, uh, finds himself out in the real world, he defends a young high school girl from being accosted by some rather ignorant young boys, but when Yotaru no uh, kneels and kisses the girl's hand in classic knightly fashion, the girl grows embarrassed and cries out, PERVERT, then flees. Yotaru calls this his white knight syndrome since he's been trained from his youth to act in this fashion even though the customs of the world have long since moved on. Later, he does this again, this time rescuing a little girl named Makio Kidoin from falling off of a cliff. However, where he thought that he made a fool of himself again, the little girl calls himself a hero instead, giving him the name Night Lancer. When Makio later meets Yotaru outside of his knightly attire, in other words, she doesn't recognize him, she invites him to come to her home for dinner. Her home turns out to be a huge estate, and Yotaru finds out that Makio is the only daughter of the family of the Kidoin conglomerate, and her father does not live at the estate, and Makio is cared for by maids. The next day, the group of three men break into the mansion with intent to kidnap Makio, but Yotaru soon dons his knightly attire to defend her. You know, this is a ni nicely paced show, and Makio is a cute little girl who obviously believes in heroes and believes in the heroism of Nightlancer, as she knows him while Yotaru uh, doesn't think of himself very highly as a hero at all. Matt Damon is not the only man on Mars. Believe it or not. The year is post-disaster 232. And for the last 300 years, humans have successfully colonized Mars. Humans on Mars seek autonomy from Earth. However, relations between the two planets are not necessarily cordial. The story follows an orphan... Ikazuki, Angus, and his co-workers at Chris Guard Security, civilian security company. Martian Princess Budilia Aina Bernstein seeks to free the nation of Chris from Earth's control. 
Anna enrolls Peace Guard Security's 3rd Army Division, the division in which uh, Mikazuki is enlisted, to escort her to Earth. However, before the group can embark, Peace Guard Security is attacked by Earth Military Organization, and this is a uh, quite a uh, tongue twister, um, Garbohorn. It's not spelled the way it sounds. Anyways, <laughs> leader, <laughs> leader of the 3rd Army Division, Orga Ikuka, decides to engage the enemy instead of retreating with the rest of the company. Just when the 3rd Army Division is about to be defeated by Garlehorn's forces, Mika arrives with Gundam Barbatos. Tune in to Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans for action and adventure. Episode 1, Iron and Blood. And now, for the episode. And probably, and probably the, the breakout show of the season. One Punch Man. Saitama is powerful. He's trained so hard over the last three years that his hair has fallen out even. However, due to his excessive training, he's become so powerful that he easily takes out bad guys with one punch. Our story begins when a large, muscular, and purple vaccine man attacks City Z. He's an eco-monster born of the pollution that man has poured out into the world. And when other superheroes named Lightning Max and Smile Man fall at the devastating hands of Vaccine Man, Saitama decides that he needs to go into action. When asked for his backstory, Saitama tells Vaccine Man, I'm just a regular guy who does this for fun. Vaccine Man calls this a half-assed backstory and becomes angry because, in his mind, his reason for existing is way more important than having fun. After all, mankind is a virus that's intent on destroying the Earth. How can this man stand here and say, I do this for fun? Who does he think he is? Well, he thinks he's One Punch Man. And with that, Saitama throws one punch, and Vaccine Man is no more. But Saitama is bored. There's no one, no, not one, who presents a challenge. He's distraught. In fact, he cries out, not again, because he's trained so hard that he's reached a level far above all other superheroes. In fact, when a 3,700-meter titan-like man threatens to destroy City Z, Saitama has no trouble defeating him. And that's right, a titan-like man, like the colossal titan of Attack on Titan, only pretty much the size of Mount Fuji. The next day, Saitama is awakened by a loud explosion and when he looks out the window he sees the surface world is being invaded by monsters from the underground the monsters say that that overpopulation has forced them into the sunlight and they intend to take over the surface world and populate it as their own Saitama in his pajamas is elated that he's finally got a situation worthy of his powers and he holds back nothing as he takes on swarms of monsters and when the king of the underworld appears Saitama has to muster everything that he's got to take him out and with that last punch, he saves the world from domination from below. But it all turns out to be a dream. And Saitama wakes up and finds that the monsters of the underworld are indeed coming up out of the ground to take over. And when the king quickly appears to announce the invasion, Saitama jumps out the window and with a simple kick takes the king down. And seeing the king vanquished so easily, the monsters retreat back underground, leaving Saitama again with no opponents who can stand against him. Life is boring for poor Saitama, and people don't even like him. But he's still one punch man. And that's this spoiler whatever the thing is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I we don't even have a name for it yet, but we're we're working on it. Okay, that worked okay, I think. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I I guess. Okay, so of the shows that you watched, you watched three of them. Which one did you like the best? Oh, man. You know, I, I really think that they're all winners. Um, you know, as soon as, I, as soon as I read the list of, of all the shows coming out this fall season, um, there was just so many good shows coming out in general. That when I saw these three, I'm like, these would be the ones I watch. Um, I'll start with the Gundam, actually. The, you know, the Gundam, you, you know, my, my favorite Gundams are the are the ones from the 90s um, and the 80s. You know, to me, they, they had a very kind of, um, I, I don't know, I, I think it was, had to do with the animation style, um, maybe the way that the shows were paced. But I really, 
I've always enjoyed those. And then I basically lost all interest in Gundam with the Gundam Seed. I didn't care for the, um, really, I didn't care for the animation in Gundam Seed. Um, and was that the just, first one where they were trying to use uh, computers? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it had, had the CGI. And uh, I just, I didn't like it at all. It, which is kind of weird because I, I did enjoy Fafner, um, who, they have the same animator, but I just didn't care for Gundam Seed. I never watched much of it and just never got into it. Well, you weren't the only one, though. There was there there was sort of a backlash back then. Um, yeah. In, in fact, I'm sure what you've done is you've read um, about the um, about this show. About you know, Some people are like, oh, they're trying to dust off Gundam again. And it's like, well, you know... It, they're 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 dusting an awful lot of things off. So, yeah. So well, you know, if you look at you know the Gundam, here here's some problems with with Gundam. Um, there's a huge lack of continuity with the series, so you don't think that every Gundam series that's been released is somehow connected to another because it's definitely not the case. Um, you have kind of multiple Gundam universes in which, in which things happen. So, I mean, that's number one. That's what you have to go into Gundam realizing. And uh, the thing is, Gundam, they've been making stuff since the 80s, pretty much nonstop. I mean, there are tons of Gundam series, some of them fairly serious, some of them like, why did you make that? Like, I think of like the, like, the little yeah, miniature. Yeah, previous, I think last year, there was, a, there was a Gundam series out, and a lot of people really panned it. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, but then they, then they did do stuff like Unicorn, which I'm I'm yet to really see, which was a kind of a return to more of the um, original artwork styles and story plots, and they, they've been doing all kinds of stuff, but nothing. They they haven't really got any kind of um, um, I, I guess press for it. It's not. It's not ah, I'm tripping over my words here today. It's it's nothing that you hear about a lot. And I think it's because they've been doing the same stuff. Over and over and over, because at some point there's like a Gundam formula, and, and uh, I kind of hate to say that this show is following that formula, but there may be enough different, I, I think, to really kind of um, bolster it forward. So yeah, the Gundam uh, formula is: is you have your your nice guy who's the hero, he's the protagonist, and he's like perfect, never does anything wrong. Uh, he he just wants to be a good Gundam pilot. Then you usually have the, the female dignitary um, who's like, you know, he has to escort and they end up falling in love and yeah. uh, they typically don't like each other at first, but then they, you know, and that's, and then there's usually some kind of war between the Federation and some colony. So, like this one, like right away, you you see that they're following the Gundam, the Gundam formula. But I I hope that they mix it up. I think there's enough already in the plot with it happening on Mars, with uh, the fact that uh, the main characters uh, don't work for the government; uh, they work for a a civilian uh, civilian security corporation. Um, I think there's enough in the mix to where it'll be uh, maybe different enough to um, get people's attention. Of course, this is just the first episode, so there's no way to really know. Yeah, there's no way to really know, and it was it was interesting enough to keep my attention the whole time. I mean, it it was it was good. Um, I enjoyed it, the, and and the big thing for me was the artwork. It, it was good artwork, but when I saw it, I just didn't think Gundam. And but once again, I'm a fan of the of the older Gundam series. So, um, but we'll see. I, I think it has promise. I think they've really, um, I think they've really tried to promote it. And it's it's all over the place. I think it's literally streaming on every streaming service. It's on Crunchyroll. It's on Funimation. It's on uh, yeah, that's new. The Daisuke. Yeah, Daisuke's got it. Um, Funimation's got it. Crunchyroll's got it, which is unusual. Usually, there's yeah. you know one one or the other outbids the other for it. Usually, that's yeah. the way it works, but not this time. Yeah, that tells me that either they everyone got it really cheap, or that. Um, you know, Sunrise is really wanting to promote this series. We'll see. I, I enjoyed it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first episode. Um, about the other shows, um, you know, Attack on Titan Junior High was hilarious. Um, it's it's just great. You, you just have to watch it. You just have to watch it and laugh 
Yeah, there's so many great puns with the you know on the original series. <laughs> and well, the best part is is that you whenever you um, if you know the characters already from the get go, you you see where they're coming from. <laughs> Yeah. With that little bit at the beginning, you know, with the, the you know, the, sort of like the dream sequence, you know, and then Mikasa's trying to wake him up. You know? <laughs> well, well, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say what what they're pulling that, that whole first part of the episode from is the last episode of Evangelion. Right. So, you know, Evangelion is this really kind of dark, depressing series. And what happened with the last two episodes of Evangelion was that, um, you know, Gynax, they basically lost, like, all of their fun. Um, they just ran dry, and they, they virtually had, like, like no money to pour into these last two episodes. So they had a bunch of stock animation and, like, dialogue with some just really horrible, um, like, still shots of characters. And, you know, it was, it, it was put forward as a, uh, like, a, a psychoanalysis of all of the characters, but... Really, I think this was like Anno just trying to like save his butt and put a couple episodes out there. But on the last episode of Evangelion, there's like this dream sequence, and you know, it's everything's um, psychoanalysis of Kenji's mind and everything he's gone through. Uh, but he, you're cutting in he, and out. You need to move over. See, I thought that was on your end. No. Okay, now we're good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all all um, you have to do is move a little, and then it, it gets better. Crazy. Crazy. But um, so Shinji is um, has this dream sequence in where he's like going to school. No, no, no. Actually, no, I was wrong. Cause it's like the Attack on Titan Junior High. He's asleep. Nasuka comes and wakes him up. They start walking off to school together. Then they then he runs into Ray, who has this like piece, piece of toast in her mouth, and her books go all over and um, like Caesar panties under her skirt, they they mimic this whole thing, the Attack on Titan um, Junior High episode. It's kind of this homage, and I got the feeling that at, like that scene in Evangelion is probably what kind of made this whole parody thing popular. Cause it's like, oh wait, like like what if the characters in this show were just like normal kids? Like what if they went to like had normal school every day and had normal friends and and nothing dangerous or like that happened, and, and too, uh, Attack on Titan is kind of a dark series, so um, it, it is enjoyable to watch it. Um, watch something like a like a wider parody of it. Well, um, well, who knows where it's going to go? So yeah, yeah, yeah who knows? It's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be hilarious and and good because it's just it's, it's almost. I, I think it'd be hard to screw this one up um, personally. But then I have to say, I think out of all of them, Young Blackjack is my favorite. Oh, yeah? Did you see the original? No, I haven't seen the original. But um, one thing I like is, is that, well, one thing I really like is the animation. I feel like they, they're being true to Tezuka's style, but yet they've really kind of reimagined everyone. And it's, it's a very um, pleasing look. It's very modern, but yet you definitely tell that um, Tezuka's artwork and uh, was the inspiration behind all the animation. But the, the storyline is just so good, and it's literally not a dull moment in the episode. Um, it's so suspenseful. It's very, um, I don't know, it really grabs your attention. It's, and this is great. It, it's a great um, episode, and I got a feeling that it's just going to get better and better and better. What about you? What do you what do you think so far of the of of these of the shows that I'm well, I I I don't like to like peg them right at the beginning. I, I am going to say this that Lance and Masks kind of didn't look like what I thought it was going to be, and I'm not the only one that's thought that too. Because see, I use uh, my anime list, and that turns out to be useful because you can like you know order the stuff together, figure out what what it is, you know, keep a list, a running total of the of shows and stuff like that. But one of the best things that it does is whenever you get done watching an episode, it asks you, do you want to go to the forums where people are already talking about it? And I'm not the only person that said, huh, I thought this was going to be something else, but this looks promising. 
because the reason that I that I wrote it at the end of it, where uh, Makio is is really impressed with uh, Yotaro, and he's not so impressed with himself, but he's got this thing that he's got to do. So now he's got this image that he has to live up to. This Night Lancer who doesn't exist. It's actually him. Okay. <laughs> so we'll we'll see where that goes. I mean, cause I don't know anything about the story. I know that it's based on a light novel as opposed to um as opposed to a manga. Um, hmm. there's there's a lot of shows that are based on um light novels. Anti-Magic hmm. Academy is yeah. is based on that. And boy, did that start off larky right at the beginning. There's like this really dark thing where it looks like they're all being killed. They're all dying. They're all being killed by this witch and then that all fades. There's no theme. There's no intro. And they go right to this. And it seems almost stupid. Like daily life in school is almost, you know, how sometimes it seems like they're stupid. Yeah. You know, just the situations are ridiculous. And then on the back half of the episode, it just turns suddenly bitter dark. I mean, they get. Really? Yeah, they get in that warehouse and there's like buckets with body parts in them and all this stuff and it's like holy crap it just <laughs> and i'm like okay this is the, the, they have they have a, a name for this it's called mood whiplash you know you go from you go from this is kind of funny and a little bit you know silly and you know the characters are like you know a little flighty and silly and the, and the girl that's the the sniper she can't operate under pressure and she was actually shooting at the wrong building um, you know, stuff like that was going on. And then suddenly it's like, this is the actual situation that they're against. Cause these people that are, that are using magic for like dark purposes is really dark. And, and I'm, Oh, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know. If, I don't even know if I can keep watching it, but I'm going to try. Um, you know, but then there's one punch man. One punch man has an art style, all its own. It's, it's, it's it's got the the fight sequences has this sort of jagged crazy you can tell that they've basically let the animators animate it the way they want to so that it's really expressive and really like uh like just chalky and car- charcoalish looking and and lots of color flying all over the place and and no, you got to make it good because he only has one punch. And yeah. and and well, see that's the thing is there are other heroes like I I love this Lightning Max and Smile Man. They both went down quick. Smile Man, I know the. <laughs> <laughs> they both went down Joel quickly. Osteen, superhero uh, alter ego. Say that again. That Joel Osteen superhero alter ego. Yeah, there you go, Smile Man. <laughs> These. But you know they both went down very quickly to Vaccine Man. Vaccine Man's like huge and 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 you know oh and and he, they had a classic kick the dog moment. There's all this destruction. There's twisted metal everywhere, rubble, smoke, all this stuff. And there's this little girl here crying. Where's my mommy and daddy? And Vaccine Man's about to crush her. He reached down with his hand and just wrap it around and crush her. And then here comes here here comes Saitama. Grabs her and, whew, and he's like, Haha, "Can't wait to get a hold of this guy." Of course, just one simple, and there's body parts flying, and there's pieces laying everywhere, and Vaccine Man is no more, and he's upset because it was over that quickly. Yeah, <laughs> he he's trained so hard he lost his hair. <laughs> he lost his hair. I just I, I that fact alone makes it it's like he trained so hard he lost his hair huh does that mean that he's like achieved like a total buddhahood or I, well that's part of it part of the look would be you know the, the the buddha thing i think it's also a little bit of a parody of goku because goku as he gets stronger his hair becomes bigger and crazier you know? uh, okay. but yeah. in this case he got bigger and stronger but he lost his hair so <laughs> and at times he sort of looks like a buddha but other times he looks there's sometimes where he looks like Lex Luthor. He's got this really scary look, you know, like when he winds up for the punch. Like if he's really serious, he's wind up for the punch and, you know. But the way that the the way the story really unfolds is because he's like can take out everything with one punch. He's sort of like not like other super, the other superheroes. The other superheroes want to 
want to bask in the limelight, and he's sort of like, nah, I'm not into that. I, I really don't get a kick out of that. As a, ma- as a matter of fact, there was a, a, a place in there where he is in his costume. He's apparently been doing something. He's in his costume. He's grocery shopping. And, you know, nobody's really interested. They don't really care for him that much because he's just not the classic superhero like they expect. They, yeah. They, they expect that he, he, is, he is not Mr. Satan. I guess is the way the best way to put it. He's not he doesn't trumpet himself. He doesn't play up, put on airs, you know, front for everybody. He's just sort of I'm, I really am just doing this for fun, but lately it's not really all that much fun because even even the the giant titan creature just he just one punch gone, you know. Life's boring for him. He's just he doesn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> I mean, well, it almost sounds it, it, it the way they did it was like perfect it's like i could you can feel for him because he's like you know he felt like he needed to train hard and become powerful and now he is and it's like squish done you know <laughs> i got into this because it was fun and now it's not fun now it's this so, so, so the moral of the story is you really shouldn't train too hard because then... Well, I'm sure that there's something cool. coming, you know, because the, yeah. he, his dream was, right awesome. <laughs> you know, he's got... Yeah, but, see, but then he wouldn't be One Punch Man anymore. Well, at least his dream had him one-punching thousands of, of, you know, here's this army of under underworld creatures that are intent on in taking over the world because overpopulation underground has gotten so bad that they have to come out into the sunlight now. And he's just, he's, he's going, I know this feeling. I remember. My heart is raging. You know, and he's, and he's getting into it again, and it all just turns out to be a dream. This is, he wants this classic superhero. He can't have it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> but it's the first episode, so I can't tell you much more about it, about the, the, the concept. It's, he's, just, he's just so powerful that he just knocks everything out. Just like Angel Repair Juice. Just, like, so An- just like Angel Repair Juice. We've overtrained for this. <laughs> yes, we knocked out every other anime podcast. From a Lutheran perspective, and now, yep, and now there's, there's none other left other than just this one, <laughs> and now it's boring. <laughs> so, so what do you say we st- we take a break and we go to the other side of the break where where I promised to talk about Monica Magica, and we'll be back in just a moment with more Angel Repair Juice. Nishimura here at Indiana Comic Con, and you're listening to Angel Repair Juice. Welcome back to Angel Repair Juice. Um, Henry Volk. That's Henry Volk, and. And Henry, we didn't give out the contact info on the other side of the break, and, whoa, it, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. and it was even right there in the show notes, and we didn't do it. We were too busy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's all this we stuff, man? Well, neither one of us remembered. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> actually, no. Oh, wait a minute. No, actually, no, it is. It's in there. It says intro, and then it says contact info. It says email, Facebook. So go ahead and do that. Well, if you'd like to get a hold of us, and I can think of excellent reasons why you'd want to. I don't see why you wouldn't want to get a hold of us. You can email us at um, Angel Repair Juice PC podcast. So that's Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail.com. You can contact us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page for you to follow so you get all of those um, tasty little ARJ uh, updates and posts and happy thoughts for the day, etc. And we also have uh, our Twitter page, um, which you can um, find us at, at ARJ, all capital, uh, podcast. So, um, 
contact us, like our pages. And if you do, um, we also accept seed offerings. So if you want to sow a, uh, a uh, special blood moon anointing, a seed faith thing for like $500, you'll get a special otaku blessing. Um, um, I'm just rambling at this point. You're just rambling. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's okay. That's pretty much what we do on this show. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because, because nobody's charted this territory before. Nobody's yeah. doing what we're doing. So, it's like so, Matt Damon on Mars. It's like Matt, yeah. What's he doing on Mars, for crying out loud? Everywhere he went, he was the first person to go there. That's that's what we're doing in the world of uh, Lutheran podcasts about anime. You know, somebody pointed out something interesting about Matt Damon that I had never thought of. We have spent an inordinate amount of money. Hollywood has spent an inordinate amount of money. Audiences have spent an inordinate amount of money rescuing that man. How many movies has he been where he's the, 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 the center of we've got Saving Private Ryan, for instance? <laughs> how, yeah. How yeah, many movies has he been in where he is the we've got the rescue, Matt? Da- Why don't they just make him here? This will be a reality show. It'll be called Rescue Matt Damon. It'll just make a reality show, and that'll be the that'll be the whole thing. Donald Trump can host it. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he doesn't win the presidency, he can host it. If he wins the presidency, he can host it. There. <laughs> you're fired. You're fired, and you're hired. Go find Matt. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've spent way too much money on this. This is over and over and over again. We've got to save, save, Matt, save Matt Damon. <sighs> you know, Matthew, what? I think I have um, achieved a new level of otakudom. And that would be what? Nope. Well, yesterday I went to the international store and bought some snacks and um, and, and other stuff, plus the asparagus and that worst. But, <laughs> but while, while I was there at the uh, <laughs> while I was there at the uh, international store, I stopped by the um, the uh, Asian section, and they have different aisles. Um, you know, they have like a uh, Japan aisle, a China aisle, a Korea aisle. Uh, and each aisle has, you know, the food in those different countries. So I bought me some uh, Koala's March uh, chocolate cream filled cookies with little koalas on them that are filled with chocolate. And they're amazing. But you have how all the noob otakus like to eat Japanese snacks when they uh, watch anime. Well, yeah, I've, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's like, hey, it's eating this Pocky and drinking this Ramyun, uh, you know, little bottle of soda is really going to enhance me, uh, enhance my anime watching experience. Like all the noobs do this. It's just like, you know, dude, it really doesn't like give you the Japan experience, you know? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, oh, you know, we really have to channel the authentic Japanese experience, which I don't know. To me, it seems pretty noobish, but you know, all these guys, they eat their Japanese snacks, not just because they like them, but because they think it makes them more, I don't know, um, Japanese-ish, um, but I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing that's the psychology behind that, but, um... Oh, it's a kind of know, fandom. It's, 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 yeah, I guess it's a fandom thing, but, you know, these guys think they're cool, really otaku when they eat snacks, when they watch anime. I'm taking that to a whole other level, man. I've, I've got them beat. I'm eating my Japanese snacks while I'm doing a podcast about anime. There you go. That I mean... I was wondering how you were going to, you know, explain that this was a a a new level up, because yeah. it seems like that was a move sideways. If it, if you hadn't mentioned the fact that you're doing a podcast, you're yeah, watching yeah. anime, eating your chocolate koalas so that you can do a podcast about anime and about eating chocolate koalas. Where well, well no, 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 no. I, I don't eat the chocolate koalas while I watch anime. Oh, even though I did last night, but that was purely coincidental. Um, because you, you you don't buy them. It's like, hey, I'm gonna watch some anime. I better get Japanese snacks to make it more authentic. No, <laughs> just don't do that. You know, you know what? But there's people that do that. And there's people that do it. And hey, if you want to watch anime and eat Japanese snacks, that's fine. Do it because you like the snacks. Okay. Uh huh. You know. Um, 
go watching anime and eating uh, dried squid just because it's Japanese doesn't make you cool if you if you don't like dried squid, okay? You know, or just you know, it's like oh, I'm eating paki, so Japanese. I'm, I'm such an otaku. No, just eat, eat the snacks that you like, man. There's nothing wrong with American food. Yeah, who's gonna notice? Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> right. tasty, but. You know, if you genuinely like the other, hey, not a problem. Well, maybe the maybe what it is is they're afraid that the fact is is there's a virus in the the DVDs and the Blu-rays that they're watching, or because they're watching online, there's like this virus that causes the camera to come on so that the anime creators are actually watching them, going, "Ho ho ho! You see how they are not Japanese enough? They need to eat paki while they watch our show." Yeah, that was a little bit nasty, but I. There are yeah. people who I don't know. They think weird things. Yeah, they just yeah. you know, just wrap the. Here's what you do: you put that little piece of tape over the camera, wrap the aluminum foil around your head, and just eat some Doritos. Be done with it. Yeah. Stop thinking weird things. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Just yeah, stop. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's part of the part of the thing where, like, hey, if you're going to watch anime, you got to have Japanese snacks. But it's just like you know, I, I can have Japanese snacks when I'm not watching anime. I can have anime without having Japanese snacks. So, you know. So, okay. Now, what we were going to talk about on this half of the break was going to be Madoka Magica. You watched one episode of the TV series. Am I not? Am I mistaken about that or what? Yeah, I watched one. Okay. Well, okay, well don't, don't feel bad because that's where you start, all right? Too late. Too late. You've already shamed me. Well, when did I shame you? For only watching one episode. Yeah, you yeah. should have you should have watched more than one episode. But but to your credit, you spent the week seeing if you could get a hold of the movies. Now yeah. so that people understand there was a TV series in twenty eleven. Um that's the thing that really set that set that off. Um but then they also compiled them well, I'm gonna say compile, recompiled it into two movies that came out in twenty thirteen. And in 2013, they released them back to back, one month and then the next month, um, kind of like they're doing the Attack on Titan movies. Um, but they recompiled them in that the the there there's some stuff that was left out, but there's a bunch of stuff that was added. And one of the things that was interesting about it, see, we've decided to make it sort of a twofer. Next week, instead of me having somebody to talk of of this week, I'm going to talk about Modica Magica for a few minutes. We've only we don't have like a lot of time, but uh, without I don't know how much I can talk about it without spoiling it because I don't want to ruin it for people. There's a lot of really cool twists that drive some of this home. Don't want to ruin it, so we've decided that I'll do that. And next week, Henry's going to do Evangelion, same kind of thing, which means that well, it's not actually going to be that hard an act to follow. Um, but Monica Magica exploded onto the scene in 2011 with, uh, it actually caught a lot of people off guard. The gospel nature of this thing, uh, there, there are Catholics that picked up on it. I don't know why, well, actually I do know why normal Protestants would sort of stay away from it. They, they have this thing about idols and things like that, but Catholics picked up on it. As a matter of fact, you can find, um, if you go out and look for forums where they're talking about it, there are blog posts where people are having an argument over who atheists who want to have this argument are having an argument over who's a better savior, Kaname Madoka or Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? That this is the conversation that's being had because... It's so obvious that that's what this is about that people have to try and refute that as hard as they do Christianity. <laughs> yeah. There will be a very interesting, be a very interesting parallel in next week's episode. Yeah. So, so, but here's here's what the the premise of the show is. It starts off if you watch the TV show. This, the first two episodes are going to make you think, eh, this seems like it's eh, it's a common magical girl show. For people that don't know what a magical girl show is, they use all of the tropes in there. You have the um, magical creature that shows up, promises to give power to young girls if they take on a quest, whatever that might be. In this case, the girls have to take on the quest of fighting and destroying witches. Witches are out there causing all sorts of havoc. They take people over. They cause... Um, 
you know, all of the, well, most of the bad things that happen in the world happen because of witches' influence. Um, that's not an unusual thing to have people think. There was a time when everybody thought that. Um, you know, if, the, if we just got rid of the witches, we'd be in good shape. There's a twist on the witches that comes later, but I'm not going to explain that right now. But the thing is, is the situation goes so badly. And it usually doesn't go this way. It doesn't go this kind of dark way that there's – you discover that people are the cause of, of problems. Sin is a serious problem. As a matter of fact, it's acknowledged as a, as a problem. The despair that comes from it is, is a serious problem. There's no real way out of this situation unless somebody does something drastic. And that drastic thing happens to be somebody has to give up everything. A sacrifice has to be made. And it's a sacrifice that the the way the show is is designed, it first of all makes you think, okay, we can get out of this, and then it crashes through that wall and actually leaves you, the viewer, in despair. Because some of this stuff hits so close to home. It's just it's it's just I, I, I don't want to spoil it for people. What I want you to do instead is I want you to take my word for it and go watch it so that you can see that there's a reason why people are arguing about it um, in the show. If you happen to watch the show, they do the writer. His name is General Bucci. Um, apparently, he has a degree in philosophy and religion, and he very deftly puts various examples of other world religions in there. There's a place in there where a witch has influenced a group of people to go to a certain warehouse and commit suicide by gassing themselves. In there, one of the one of the characters explains when someone tries to stop him, says, Oh, no, no, this is going to be so wonderful because what's going to happen is we will cast off this fleshly attire that we have now and we'll be able to become one with the universe as spirits. Okay. Christians would understand that as Gnosticism. This this stuff here is, you know, this fleshly stuff is the bad stuff, but the good stuff is the spiritual stuff inside. If that was just let loose, everything would be so much better, wouldn't it? Eh, it doesn't work out that well because it turns out the world is much more corporeal. It's much more destructive. There's there's terrible things that people cause. Um, the inner self is not the self that we think that it is. That wonderful, that that desire to be a good person and and do wonderful things for people. If I just had the power to go out and and help people, well, that inner self isn't actually as good as we would like to think it is that's in there and they make it clear that because of that there's not a solution that a normal person even a magical girl with great power can fix <laughs> one person in particular finds out by thinking that she's sacrificing herself for someone else um, only runs herself into the ground and there's no solution there because it's just going to run up a blind alley and be the end, the end of everything, as a matter of fact. Because with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, well, in this case, great power is already corrupted by our great corrupted hearts. So, yeah, I suggest everybody should go out. Go to Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll's got the series there. Netflix has the movies. There's a third movie. Don't watch it yet. Don't watch it yet, folks. Not until you're ready, okay? So, but watch the first two movies and you'll be surprised. There's, there's, it was, as a matter of fact, the movies, the changes that are made in the movies make it even more obvious, with more Christian imagery, more graveyards, crosses, um, corpuses specifically shown in, in places. The discussion about, um, people's hearts, um, tricking them you know that the thing they they the at one point the girls think that they've been tricked by somebody when the fact is is that it was their own hearts that tricked them um it, it's it's obvious what's going on there so i suggest you spend some time this week henry you still there by the way or did i lose you on skype 
Oh, 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 what? Wait, what were you talking about, man? Just woke up. Blah, um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'll bet you fall asleep when they preach the gospel, too, don't you? I, you know, I, Actually, I, Luther says that that's generally what happens. You know, People are on the edge of their seats when it's the law that's being preached, but preach the gospel and people fall right to sleep because <laughs> they don't realize how important it is. You still there? No comment. No comment. No comment. No. <laughs> Actually, we had a, we had a, a, a parishioner one day. Now uh, he's joking, but this is a great line. You can you can keep and file this away for in the future. Whenever you're shaking hands with the pastor when it's over with, is say so. What did you think of the sermon today? And the guy says, says pastor, that was the finest sermon I've ever slept through. <laughs> it was the best sermon. Yep, file that one away for the future. One of these days, you're going to be able to zing someone with that one. Especially during the supposed uh, pastor, what is this, pastor appreciation month? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so show your pastor that you appreciate him. Show him, fall asleep during his sermons. (laughs) That way he he can suddenly preach the law to you. Do you despise the word so much that you would fall asleep on me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so next week, Henry, um, off the top of your head, give us a little bit of a of a rundown of what uh, what you think that you're going to be doing with Evangelion for us. Well, um, as soon as Matthew started talking about some of the imagery and concepts in uh, Modica Magica, um, I immediately thought of Evangelion because it uh, Anno uh, Anno uh, appropriated a lot of Christian imagery for. Um, the series and the movies. Um, and you, you definitely have this idea of uh, human inability, sin, despair, but um, you're not going to find any gospel themes not really in Evangelion. So you're, you're ultimately left with fair, one exception. Um, there may be one exception to that. Oh, I have to explain all that next episode. Okay. Is it possible that the reason that it doesn't have that is because, like you said, they ran out of money at the end? Um, no, I think it was actually just just the the storyline. Because what what happened was is that they they were scheduled to do twenty six episodes. Um, episode twenty four was really, um, I wouldn't say it was really actiony, but it was a it was a big deal. And then you have episode 25, and this is like, well, what happened here? Um, and episode 26 was just as horrible. And then they came out with the end of Evangelion, which, uh, once again, not. Uh, what do you always say? I, I can't promote it, but I can't keep you from watching it. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, just I say, can't suggest it, but at the end of the day, I can't stop you from seeking this thing and looking at it. Yeah, just. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's how it is, but. It's um, yeah. Just you, you'll live a complete life without saying it. Um, it, it's, it in some ways, it, it was made at, to conclude the, the series, but some people like the original ending um, because it is the, the original ending is more positive than the movie, um, even though it's kind of uh, abstract. Um, so yeah, but with the movie, the, the, the movie doesn't end well at all, um, which is actually kind of why I like the movie, um, because it's just like total despair um, at the end of the movie, which is different for movies. You know, you always have to have the happy ending, but that was Hideo which you know he's making the new Godzilla movie. Yeah, Japan. I heard that. Yeah. Of course, um, the one thing about Evangelion is there's a huge Ultraman influence on Evangelion, just in the way that he does the uh, the Avas and some of the other uh, the monsters. It's very reminiscent of the uh, Tokusatsu movies and TV series. Okay. That's, so okay, so let's don't rehearse it too much. So you're going to do Evangelion next week, maybe. Uh, what we'll do maybe you'll get to have seen a little bit more of Monica Magic and you'll be able to compare notes and we can compare notes because I've seen I've seen Evangelion so we can do that sounds good man okay so you've been listening to Angel Repair Juice my name is Matthew Pancake and I'm Henry Volk and come back and listen to us next time when we'll talk more about the great niche of anime from a Lutheran perspective we'll be back next week <laughs>